I thought that going from the number one spot as a Q and then the last spot as a black belt was the most freeing feeling of all things. Mm. Until the kata turned to the back wall. Oh, then I'm going, (laughs) and then they're like, sugar, why couldn't I be in the middle? In the middle. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to what I truly understand to be a crazy start of 2022 at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. That's true. So let's start at the beginning. You're Sensei Michelle, and I'm Landon. And I'm Sensei Jackie. Why is that a weird start to the year, Sensei? I'm going to tell our audience right this minute why it's so weird. Before we could even get on this recording, we had nothing but interruptions and technical problems. And right this minute, we have a cat who's decided that his sole purpose in life is to be our background noise. And so I'm just going to let it be that way. Okay, his name is Coco for a reason. I Mm -hmm. hope that it doesn't bother you too much, audience. And we're sorry if it does. Us. But the episode will be good and worth any trouble. Don't you guys agree? Us. Us. All right. On top of that, it turns out that being the holidays the way it was has made it almost impossible for me to get our interview guests that have already signed up for January. Also, because January has five Mondays, we're using this as a rerun month. You mean a month where we have an archived episode, right, Sensei? You're right. You're right. I should use the fancy term. Yes. Okay, so on to it. I've been wanting for a really long time to replay the first episode we ever made. So I listened to it. Me too. And do you agree that our recording sound has really improved since then? Us, definitely. We have learned a lot in the last now nearly three years. So hopefully it sounds better for you guys. And the voice is a little bit deeper. No, it's not the mic. It's the voice. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So we are revisiting the archived episode. In the second Monday in January, instead of our usual way, the last Monday in January. That's not such a big deal, right? Right. But you should tell them, Sensei, that we're not actually airing a rerun. Exactly. That's the point we've been trying to get to for five minutes, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, Sensei. We're actually going to revisit all the material, or at least part of the material, that we did lo those many years ago. Us, Uh and I I think that it would be helpful for everyone to go back and listen to the actual first episode, not the premiere, the actual first episode, and then listen to this, and you'll be able to kind of have a, a better understanding of what we're really talking about. Yes, and that is their challenge. Get in touch with us and tell us which one did you like better and why. Ooh, that's a scary thing to ask. Here's how you're going to tell us. We're all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. If you add .com, you get the web page. If you add conversations, you're on our Instagram page. And finally, if you want to email us, it's dojoconversations at aol.com. Nice job, Sensei. Thank you for that compliment. Hey, you two. Can we please introduce our guests? No. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Hi, Sensei Randy. I want to thank you for being here. And more importantly, thank you for your patience. (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. No problem. (laughs) Great to be here. It is nice to have you, Rand. We love when you're on the show. Gee, they can go back to a dozen different episodes and catch up with Sensei Randy, right? Yes, what a great guest he is. Let's each say something about him. I'm going to go with, he's my nephew. Uh, He is a Shodan. 
black belt, which is a first degree black belt. And he runs a dojo on Monday nights at Oak Lake Park in Hollywood. And I'm going to add one more. And he's an actual school teacher for children with special needs. Us. So Sensei Randy, you ready to get to it? Yes, I am. I'm ready to get to it. Us. Our first episode was about how character development begins the minute that you walk in the dojo. Oh, yeah, Sensei. I remember now. So let's round robin the subjects we're going to try to hit today. Sure, Sensei. Start me out, Sensei Randy. Us, Sensei. I'll pick it up at courtesy bowing at the door. I will talk about the three rules. And Sensei Jackie, you and I are going to tackle the way that we teach the children the tools to use instead of hitting other kids when people are annoying. Us? That's Sensei. I could take my own advice on that one. <laughs> Most of them. we all? <laughs> okay. With all that said, Sensei Randy, start me out. Okay. I'm starting this off with courtesy bang at the door. Textbook definitions are a courtesy bow is to show one courtesy and show that you're ready to work. Another thing it does is it sets a precedent of you're moving on from from outside the dojo to inside the dojo so that you are actually ready to work. So you're not just saying it, but you're mentally preparing yourself for that. It's the same thing as if when you're in a classroom, the way you begin a class sets the precedent of how that class is going to go, whether you line up at the door, whether you make them wait at spots, whether you make them sit quietly at their desks, that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah, I, could, I 100% agree with that. Sorry, I went on Isn't a little bit of a there, tangent. <laughs> it was a good tangent, Sensei. Um, I think there's an old saying to leave your ego at the door uh, and uh, so that after you've courtesy bowed, your ego is behind you. Maybe that's why we bow facing the dojo. I'd also like to add that I think that stopping at the door and that making an action allows you the opportunity to leave your distractions, all the the baggage you had from the day, at the door. And here's some irony. We're having a little trouble with that right here. Maybe we should all stand up and go to the door. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we should just stand up in courtesy bow and let everything go away. (laughs) Say, here's your episode. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) Okay. I want to add one more thing about the courtesy bow, and you guys chime in and tell me what you think. Over all the years of having courtesy bows in the dojo, I've come to kind of think of it as like a handshake, and it has multiple meanings. It can mean good luck, or it could mean hi, or it could mean goodbye, Yes. or it could mean sorry, right? It doesn't have anything to do with one person being better than the other person. And I think that is a misnomer that sometimes people imagine when they see it on YouTube or whatever. What do you guys think? I think that it's a mutual respect because even though you might courtesy bow yourself at the door to the dojo, to what's coming, any other time you use that courtesy bow with another person, they bow back at the same time. So it's an understanding of mutuality of whatever the, I don't know if that's a real word or not though, but of of whatever is to come. A handshake. A handshake. That's right. I do love the growth that comes from the courtesy bow at the door. Yes, I do too, Sensei. Us, definitely. And, and I also like the growth that comes from the three rules. Us? Us. Yes. Us. So let's talk about that growth. For those of you that are in karate, I would hope that you would know the three rules. But if you're not in karate, I'll give you a little refresher. The three rules are everybody works, nothing is free, and everyone starts at the beginning or bottom. 
Can I interrupt? Us. Nobody in the world says beginning outside of me. And every time we bring up these rules and every time we say that, I bring this up. But I don't want an old timer to come on and listen for the first time and think that I'm being disrespectful. Us. So the only reason we use the beginning is because when we're teaching children, they really don't understand what everybody starts at the bottom means. That's true. So I replace the word for them. And then as they grow, it's fun to watch them change their mind from liking everybody starts at the beginning to liking everybody starts, starts at, at the, the bottom. bottom. It's a riot to watch that happen. Do you yes. guys remember how, how we've seen that over the years? I do remember that. And it's always interesting. The kids are like, um, well, today I like bottom. Uh-huh. And then next week they're like, I like beginning. Uh-huh. It's cute. But the objective is, of course, to try to get them to understand that you start at the starting line. Yes. Okay, sorry I interrupted. No worries, Sensei. So let's start with everybody works. It's pretty self-explanatory. This is a rule that I think really ties into not giving up and is something that is so pivotal in our style because that is the rule and there's no way around that. Us. What do you guys think? I've always considered that when people come into the dojo and they look around for the first time and they see that the um, senseis and the helper teachers are doing as much work as the students are, the concept of everybody works comes to them, whether they know the rule or not. Yes. And it is such an incredibly symbiotic relationship that the teacher learns from the student and the student learns from the teacher that everybody works is why it's the first rule. Exactly. And I'll add one thing. It's impossible to say this is the rule that most applies to life, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. This is the rule that most applies to life. You get out of life what you put into life. So if you're dropping down 100%, then you're giving something back, right? That's right. On the other hand, if you're only 20% invested through your own efforts, yes, then you're not getting that same amount of payback. Us. And that could be, and I'm not just talking about a money payback. That's just one aspect of what success might feel like to a human being. To get to the end of the day and say, now that was the day, us. right? You in agreement on that one, Sensei Randy? Us, us. I can add in the beauty of the three rules is that it's another thing that sets the president of the dojo where when you walk in, you have the three rules to fall back on and it sets your expectations to, towards that goal of clearing your head and that sort of thing. So what you're saying is once the person knows the three rules, they understand what's expected of them. Us. Well, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. And all that after only one rule, this is not going quickly. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to move into the second rule. Nothing is free. One thing that I have learned since getting promoted to Brown Belt and being more active in the dojo as a helper teacher is that your commitment to karate is not one that is just for you to learn the moves of karate, how to defend yourself, how to save your life, but it's also how you can come out and help and be a pivotal part of the dojo, but you still are there to work and learn. And I think that really ties into the rule of nothing is free. What do you guys think? I would agree to that. And I would also add that nothing is free is really emblematic of, of life in general, because nothing is completely free. You may get something right away, but 
the the payback you give might not be before it. It could be during it or <laughs> after it to maintain Us. that said thing. I agree Us. with that. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. And and I would add that, and this is a little complicated. So see if you stay with me. In the term "nothing is free" and Landon's view of giving back to the dojo what the dojo has given to you, which is a Us. really famous karate saying. Within that giving, you receive. Oh, totally. So the nothing is free turns itself around and comes back to you. You get and something us, for the giving. And it's that circle of, exactly. of giving and learning and giving and learning. I feel like we must have touched on that when we talked about that infinity loop in the yin-yang episode. We did. We definitely did. I feel like did. we might have. Got anything on this one, Sensei Jackie? I do. But it's so simple. And it's one of the first lessons that we teach the kids is that you have to do the work to get the promotion. Us. It is the culmination of all the hard work. And like Randy said, that's like life. Okay, us. take us home, rule master. All right. So moving on to our third and final rule. Some would say hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Everyone starts from the bottom, or as we say, the beginning. One thing that I think about that comes to mind when I think of this role is the transition from going from kids class to adult class. And I remember in kids class, I would get this awesome feeling when I would be in the number one spot, being at what you would call the the head of everyone in in your class. Mm -hmm. But then moving into an adult class where you're lined up in the third line and having that understanding of, okay, you have this experience, but now you're starting at the beginning again. Because you're the youngest person in the room, probably. Us. And that's definitely something that a young green belt really wouldn't understand. Yes, it is really an interesting thing, definitely. And Sensei, Jackie and I did not have that experience because we were white belts in an adult class. Right. But I do remember that feeling of moving up the line. Us, and now I'm back in the front line again. In the front line. Yeah. Yeah, last night you were in the number one spot. Us and did it wow, feel weird? We could do a whole episode on the number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but our non karate listeners don't know what that is, so we won't get too far off. You better be that. the loudest counter. But I will say that even that last rule is very indicative of life. Oh yeah. Um, and, th- and thinking about where you are in the line is also a tricky thing because. It doesn't get any easier once you get to black belt because, you know, there's etiquette depending on which dojo you're at. Yes, but hopefully all the people that we deal with, and this is not true because people come in every way, are relaxed and not ego based and allow for mistakes so that everybody can find their way, whether they're visiting guests or or whether they're old timers. Us, definitely. But awesome. I will say, Randy, I loved your observation about black belt class because that's another horrifying jump. <laughs> I you're bet. The number one Us. spot in a cute class to the very last spot in a black belt class. Oh, my goodness. It's shell shocking. Well, <laughs> I've had the personal experience in a black belt class where me and another person are like, no, no, no. I'm the one in the back. No, no, no. I'm the one in the back. I, I think you got promoted. No, you got promoted. Wait, for I, me, didn't you? I got promoted like a week before you did. I don't want I don't want to be in the front. I it's the I thought that going from the number one spot as a Q and then the last spot as a black belt was the most freeing feeling of all things. Mm. Until the kata turned to the back wall. Oh, then I'm like, <laughs> and then you're like, shh. 
sugar. Why couldn't I be in the middle? In the middle. <laughs> That's so true. I know. And, and here's a silly, completely off topic thing. When I know that there's a person in the room who really isn't aware of the kata moves, I literally move them to the middle of the room yes. and surround them with people who know the moves. So they aren't frantically looking around trying to figure out what's going on because the objective is not yes. for me to embarrass them. The objective is for me to teach them. Yes. yes. And it teaches the corner people. Do they have their moves ready? Us. Okay. So we're going to leave the three rules behind and we're going to move on to, there's this little, I don't know, list, I guess, of things that we teach the kids about how to behave when someone is annoying. And you don't know how many times I think of myself when I say the word annoying. <laughs> So right now, I'm you just want to punch them. Jackie punched me because that is what you should not do. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> no hitting, Sensei Jackie. Come on, Sensei Jackie. <laughs> Please blame Sensei Jackie for that one. <laughs> you don't get your prize she at the end of the day. She started it. No smarties for you. Okay. But Sensei Jackie, we've been doing that forever, haven't we? With the, with yes. the younger people. Punching each other? No. That too. <laughs> so let's... um. Let's do that list in a back and forth. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say, we say to the children, instead of hitting someone who's bothering you, you can. Tell an adult who can help you. Walk away from it. Talk it over. And, oh, my favorite. Thanks for giving me my favorite. Just ignore them. Now, here's what we'll do. There's four of us and there's four of those little rules. So what's your favorite, Sensei Randy? I'd say my favorite is talk it out. And I would say that one takes a lot of courage. Uh, Yes, it does. Right? It's all it's the hardest one. Yeah, I think so. It can be super successful or things can go terribly, terribly wrong. Yes. But it can create a stronger friendship. Yes, it can. Okay. Since he probably stole one of your favorites. He did Landon. steal my favorite. <laughs> but if I must, I will go to my second favorite and I would have to say walk away. Ah. Just in a difficult situation, be able to say, I'm walking away. I don't care what you think of me. Too bad. And do you guys agree that that might be the biggest problem for small scuffles that turn into big things that we hear about on the news? That Us. one of the people cannot just walk away from it? Or be quiet. Oh, since I. Of course. Teaching self-defense has really helped us remember not to worry about what the other person thinks. Us. That's right. Because a lot of our self-defense tools revolve around fooling the person into thinking you're something that you're not. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I love the walk away one, but it can be difficult. It can be. Us. Especially when they're in the moment. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. They get their, their ego gets caught up in it. That's so true. And I'm going to take tell someone who can help you, Sensei. Sometimes it's hard to find that person. But when you're a child, there's almost always an, an adult nearby that can take the authority and help that child. Also, adults could take a page out of that book. If they aren't willing to talk to their neighbor on their own, get with somebody who has the authority to do that speaking rather than just be passively, aggressively vengeful, because that's not solving anything. Us. It's only exacerbating the problem. I also feel that tell somebody to help you might be one of the the second hardest one, because especially with younger generations, like little kids and stuff, there's the like, oh, you told the teacher a tattletale. Also. What warrants telling the adult? Because sometimes, you know, you got the boy who cried wolf type of thing. And then when you really need help, they might be like, oh, oh, you already told me about that. So I think it might be the second hard- hardest one. I agree with you. It could be a hard one because of the judgment of others. I did think of that. And I was also thinking about how sad I am 
when teachers don't listen? I know that one of the things that we tell the kids is that if they're trying to get an adult's attention and adults are talking to other adults and just not paying attention to the children. Or they just don't want to be a tattletale. Yes. We tell them to move their body physically closer to where the adults are standing. And if the other child is still hitting you, let the teachers see that they're antagonizing you. Exactly. And that's exactly. how you're going to fix that problem. That problem. I yeah. definitely like that one. Okay. So you guys left me my favorite one. We did. We did. And that is to just ignore the issue. And as long as you're in no physical danger, there's nothing wrong with ignoring it. Us. I've heard from more than one different type of source, like a couple of pop culture sources and a, a couple of old philosophical sources, that the biggest insult to another human being is to ignore them. Us. It's true. Sensei, how do you do that in the dojo? How do you teach ignoring in the dojo? Oh, that's cute. Jackie knows exactly how we teach ignoring uh, in the dojo. We've talked, we talked about this in the first episode. Did we? I just listened back to it the other day. Wow. And I was Well, on... then you know what? Go back and listen to the first episode and that Us. if you want to know how we teach it. I was listening to it the other day and I sounded like a baby going, oh, I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We do love this game yes. and we should play it soon. Yes. Don't you think so, Sensei Randy? It's a COVID safe oh, game. Sensei. Yeah, it is a COVID safe game. We've played it a lot of times during COVID. So the, the good news is this was really informative. Us, it was. The bad news is we are so out of time. So Way fast. out of time. And we did not get as much talked about on this one as we did on the first one. That's true. But there it is then, right? Us. Before we get to Honor Athletics, of, of course. course, let's thank Sensei Randy for Us. coming out. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, through all we, this. We love it when you're on the show. Us, we really do love it. I, I could almost say it's like family, but you are. <laughs> I'm giving her a real uh, drumbeat. But I'm pumped. Let's get to it. Honor Athletics, of course. What do we got, Landon? You can contact them on the web at honor-athletics.com. Or you can call or text at 770-945-5150. And finally, please remember to mention us, Wildcat yes. Dojo. To get your 10% discount, which is basically free shipping. And that's really nice of you, Cynthia, to Us. give our, our listeners something special. Thank you for that. Us. Thank you. And listeners, let's have a great 2022. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. See you next week. And on that note, I'm signing out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.